Hey everyone, welcome to Pieces of You, a show about life through the lens of four fierce and resilient women who lost their moms too damn soon. Each episode will feature stories to inspire hope, healing, and connection. Because if we work together, we can make the broken better. Hello, I am Sarah, and today we are going to be talking about gratitude, a concept I am sure you are familiar with, but with me as host, it's going to be coming through a sometimes jaded lens. As always, this episode contains a content warning related to the topic of mother loss. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description. All right, welcome everyone. How are you all doing today? And in the spirit of today's topic, I would love us to each name one thing that we're grateful for this morning. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You're the gratitude queen, Christine. Oh my gosh. You guys, the last two days have been tough. So the first thing that came to my mind was coffee. I'm going to say that. Coffee. Grateful for coffee. And actually, I'm drinking out of my mug that says, Grateful. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It literally does say grateful. Our <laughs> listeners can't see that. But was that intentional, Christine? No. No. So you just are the not. gratitude queen. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback off that and say matcha because I'm drinking matcha right now. And it is definitely something I am very grateful for. You are obsessed with the matcha. You are. You're like, we need a sponsor. <laughs> I know. Of I would matcha. love that. I love that. All right. Shadia, Aaron, how are you feeling? Feeling grateful? I am feeling grateful. I am grateful that I'm in between projects right now. And so I have just some, I mean, time, but not time. It seems to fill up, but I feel like I do have a little bit of time right now just to kind of like process life, figure things out, get reorganized. So I'm kind of grateful for the time that I have right now to not just be stuck behind my desk. That feels good. Yes. Yes. I'm doing all right. Uh, It's, man, it's been a struggle lately. I'm not feeling grateful for much lately. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I'm in that kind of like jaded period. Um, But I will say that like the only thing I feel grateful for right now is that I, I, I've been really grateful for my, my partner, Keith, lately taking on some stuff and helping me with things just that I've been like struggling with. Yeah. It's been a struggle bus. I'm exhausted. So, but I'm thankful to have a partner who is willing to help me and take things on. So, that's and that you. I was like, I feel like we going back to hyper independence. Yes. That you are okay with going. Maybe he just sees where you need help, but are are you going to him and asking, or how's that happening? I mean, yes, but also he sees that. But also, which speaking of, listen to the last episode on hyper independence, guys. Um, yeah, it's funny. That's been a struggle for me for a while. And I mean, I'm sure I, I mentioned uh, probably this, but that's been a big part of like our communication in our relationship is my hyper independence and allowing other people in and all that sort of a thing. And now you can feel the gratitude. Yes, exactly. It feels like I've been kind of forced to do it a lot of the time. Like lately, like I have to let somebody else help me, but I feel grateful that there is someone. So yeah. Also, we just we just took our engagement pictures the other day. So I'm feeling like extra lovey-dovey towards him. So <laughs> oh my gosh. I 
I honestly want to have an episode dedicated to like weddings and celebrations. Celebrations. Yeah. And, and all, because I have so many questions for you about that. I have so many feelings about engagement photos. Oh my God. That tradition. Do it. Yeah. So coming Mm. soon, listeners. But (laughs) can I opt out? Like, uh, (laughs) having just gotten divorced, can I, like, I'm tapping out. Wait, isn't there like a divorce (laughs) celebration? I mean, you know, we have to celebrate all all different moments of our lives, right? I know yeah. people that have literally like basically recreated a bachelorette party, but it's because they're celebrating getting divorced. So <laughs> yeah. it's a thing. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. It's it's sad. It's like divorces, I feel like are, they're almost like shamed in a way. And people are like, feel like they have to like hide. And weddings are like, that's a reason I, I struggle with them because it feels like this huge display that's not doesn't always seem super authentic even of like mm. love and happiness. Mm-hmm. But that honestly is kind of a good segue into what we're going to be talking about today. Gratitude, especially as we're getting close to Thanksgiving. So I requested to host this particular episode, as you all know. But for our listeners, because of my strong and complex feelings about this subject, which I'm going to be pretty honest in admitting, I'm still trying to sort out. So My hope is that this conversation will bring some clarity to something that seems so straightforward to so many others, or so it has seemed at least. So today I want to unpack the complexity of gratitude, the idea of it being something we must practice, even when we are feeling resistant. More and more research continues to come out indicating the profound positive effects of gratitude on one's mental health and well-being. And not only that, but it has also been shown that regularly expressing gratitude in intimate relationships can not only increase positive feelings towards your partner, but it can also make it easier to express concerns about the relationship as well, mm-hmm. increasing just that overall trust. And so In this sense, we see how gratitude can be a key component of a healthy, intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. But then why can it be so hard? (laughs) Like, (laughs) am I the only one who dreads like the infamous Thanksgiving gratitude tradition where you go around the table and you're forced to come up with, you know, the things you're grateful for? Why do I so often feel like I'm the Grinch who stole gratitude on this holiday? (laughs) Like, it's well, not fair. Grinch who stole gratitude. <laughs> okay, if that's not our social media post for this episode, I don't know what is. Seriously. And it's not fair because I think it's really, like, it's noteworthy that, you know, losing my mom at the age of four and a half has completely shifted my perspective of everything. Of, you know, I, I appreciate people just being alive, you know, mm. all the time. Totally. And so to have like one day out of the year where it's like just, you know, and people are going around and saying things that in my mind I'm judging as being like (laughs) superficial, or even if it is like heartfelt and deep, I'm still, there's like my ego, something in me is just like critiquing and the eye roll. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Uh. it feels, it's just strange. And it's hard for me to understand even in myself. So I figured we would maybe like, you know, rewind a little. And I wanted to check in and ask just like, what are your earliest memories of being asked to express gratitude? Do you all remember this? What was that like for you? Whoa, I wasn't expecting that question. That's a good question. Thank you. So 
I mean, please and thank you were huge mm-hmm. in my growing up. So that's what I'm going to right away. Like there was an expectation that I was expressing that even if I wasn't feeling that inside. Yeah. Always an expectation. I, so what I'm going to say is that I don't think I had a full connection to the words and the feeling. Totally. Same. It's like an etiquette. Yes. Yes. Social etiquette. Yeah. And truthfully, when I think about gratitude, when you're younger, let me say before my mom died, I'll talk about myself personally. Uh, How do I want to say this? So it's really hard to, I think, feel or practice gratitude when you don't have perspective. So you don't Mm -hmm. have experience that would make you feel this huge feeling about things because, right, you you just deserve it or it's just life or whatever. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you don't know anything else in a way. I'm curious about that too, though, like how it develops. Like, do you need to lose something or not have something in order to feel that gratitude? And I wouldn't know, I feel like, because I can't remember before losing my mom. I don't know if it's necessary, I but I distinctly remember when I noticed gratitude or the feeling of gratitude in my life. And it was after I lost my mom. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't speak to it having to be necessary though. I'm curious what the rest of you think. And for people, you know, who are tuning in maybe later in the episode or later in our show and haven't, don't remember the ages, like, can we all go around and just remind our listeners how old we were when our moms died? I was, as I've said, four and a half. I was 15. Shadia was 13. (laughs) And uh, I was 16. Yeah, thank you. How about for you, Erin and Shadia? I think I would have to agree with Christine. Like the first remnants that I can remember of gratitude is like being taught to say please and thank you, but as more of an etiquette, as the polite thing to do, showing respect and not attributing it to anything. Cause like I'm a child, I'm just, you know, being taught how to be polite and how to exist in the world on a social level, not attaching it to anything. But I think that I felt true gratitude for the first few times, even before my mom died. But I think that that is because of the trauma that I experienced um, with my relationship with my dad as well. Remembering very specific points in time, being a child or a preteen or a teenager and being thankful that I had my mom Mm. being thankful that she was a buffer, that she was a safe space, that I had her to process. And I'm not sure that I, like in the moment I was like, I'm feeling gratitude right now, but I know that that's what that feeling was. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because that's also, I mean, that was attributed to, you know, this secondary loss that I was feeling or this trauma that I'd experienced, this emotional Mm -hmm. trauma. And, you know, I wonder Was there a point in my life when I experienced gratitude that wasn't attributed to a loss or to a trauma? And such a good question. I I can't remember it right now. It's kind of blowing my mind. I can't think of a time that I felt gratitude that wasn't attributed to a trauma or loss or that didn't come after a loss that gave me that perspective that we were talking about. Right. That wasn't like connected in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. To that loss. Yes, I agree with this. I'm kind of having a mind-blowing conversation in my head right now. <laughs> Your Just rich inner world. My rich inner world. 
what I want to play off what Aaron said is that I am a really grateful person. I believe in gratitude. I never had the words, you know, to connect to what that meant. But I will say that when I had my mom alive, I don't feel like I had to be the one feeling grateful, meaning manners wise, right? Like I had, we went to somebody else's house for dinner and I had my mom to be that person for our family. But then as like a teenager, once I didn't have my mom, I feel like I had to fill in that gap and be like the, thank you so much. Like use your manners. This is what your mom taught you. You are now like the adult and you need to do that. I will also say that I've never really connected manners with gratitude before in my head. That was like the first time I've ever thought of it in that way. So that's kind of confusing to me. But it totally makes sense, I guess. Um, And I also, as a young child, felt very uncomfortable, like during Thanksgiving when everybody would go around and say what they're grateful for because it just made me uncomfortable. Not that I thought people were being fake. It just, as you know, my family didn't really talk a lot anyways. So then to actually say something that you're grateful for was like, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. And to tell you the truth, I probably didn't even use that term gratitude until I joined She Climbs Mountains because Christine was just like drilling it in our head <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> but I just never really used that term, you know, consistently. And now I feel like it's kind of like a popular thing to do, right? People have gratitude mm-hmm. journals, all the things, you know, you're just and I, I agree. I think grat- a lot of good can come with gratitude. Um, and it is like a conscious, it needs to be a conscious effort. But I think my biggest thing is that I did not connect manners and etiquette to gratitude when I was little. But I was very much taught manners and terrified that I wouldn't do them. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I want to circle back to what Aaron said about gratitude and associating that with a loss or something traumatic. And one of the things I think that I bring with my lens is that I really am grateful for the joy that I experience in my life. And I think I'm able to experience the intensity of joy because of the sorrow I have experienced, the Mm -hmm. loss I have experienced. So with that, you know, I even think in moments of when I feel gratitude on a daily basis, and I have to tell you, this comes up for me a lot, where all of a sudden I will have these like intense pangs of, I'm so grateful. And a lot of times it has to do with my kids. Like, I'm so grateful that I get to mother my kids. I'm so grateful that I know them. They're in my life. A lot of times that's what it's about. So in a sense, it's not directly related to the loss of my mom. And it is because mm-hmm. I have this intense appreciation for that relationship because of that loss. Yes. Because I just feel like life can be taken away from you in a second and yeah. I don't want to die. Mm. <laughs> and so I feel like if I'm not grateful, I'm terrified that that is going, that I'm not even grateful. This is probably messed up, but like if I'm not grateful, then like life's just going to be taken away from me. Mm. And we all, witness that firsthand. Sometimes it's absolutely astounding to me to think about how we literally witnessed death firsthand, watching our mothers die, finding them de- like 
how traumatic, like to see a life taken away from you before your eyes, before your very eyes, literally before your eyes. And to like, to experience the weight of that, to put that into words, to put the heaviness of that out there. No wonder there's this complicated and intense relationship with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you put the weight of that out there into the world, when you speak it into existence, I, I'm giving myself chills. I just thinking mm-hmm. about it. Like, cause yeah. it's so heavy. It's so heavy to have experienced death firsthand. And the death of the most essential caregiver in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. At least for us. At a time when you needed them so badly. Mm-hmm. I think like you are spot on, Aaron, and like at least validating why this feels so powerful and complex, because I think it's almost impossible to talk about gratitude without also, if you're not going to talk about it, at least acknowledging there's some component of pain and suffering that is tied into it. And I, I can't fully even express how. Like you were saying, Aaron, the pain is so for me, the pain feels so deep. And like you were saying, Christine, on the other side of that, you know, the gratitude can also feel so deep, but it's almost impossible to put either into words. And so being asked to go around and, and you know, share a gratitude, it's like, if I'm really going to go there, I don't even know if I can. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to say matcha today. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, let's just put it out there too, that it does feel a little disingenuous. Oftentimes we gather around a table with people we're not even very close with. It's a required ritual. It can feel very awkward. And then we're supposed to share these really intense feelings and emotions with one another. It's like, ugh, I don't know, really? Also, you know? <laughs> it's one time a year. You're right. doing it one time a year. That's why it feels so disingenuous to me. I'm like, really? Totally. All of a sudden you feel this. We're like, (laughs) really? Oh, you're getting emotional right now? Oh, whatever. When like, (laughs) when like you literally fought with me the other day about how I was impolite at like this or something (laughs) like that. I'm like, really? Really? That's why it feels so disingenuous. Mm -hmm. And not even to mention like all of the historical and cultural implications of what Thanksgiving actually is. Like a bunch of white people sitting around the table, like, I'm grateful for this. Like, are you? Are you yeah. really? You just made that up because you want to get this over with and stuff your face full of turkey. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> clearly, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of jaded feelings happening yeah. here. But yeah. Yeah. Hence the content warning. It's really funny <laughs> because I actually did not grow up going to Thanksgiving and saying that around the table. The main reason I think is because we used to get together with my entire mom's side of the family. We go to my grandparents' house, all my aunts and uncles, all my cousins, you know, there's like 30 of us in a house together. And we did it like potluck style. So like, you can't have like 30 people or like 20 people go around. So like, we didn't, we didn't really do it like that. That wasn't really introduced to me until I was like a teenager or like at a friend's giving or, you know, now if we gather for the holidays, you know, one of my cousins will be like, but there's only like six of us at the table. So it's a lot faster, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really introduced to me like that. But I remember also this feeling of gratitude being put upon me. You should 
find something to feel grateful for. Just find something. That was the theme of the day, the theme of the weekend. Even if you're not feeling it, it's like that polite thing. Well, just, just, just find something, anything. You've got to be grateful for something. And then after the loss of my mom, it's like, I'm not feeling grateful for anything. Like, oh, you should be grateful that you still have this family. You should be grateful for like your health or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I'm also like deeply ungrateful that my mom fucking died. But isn't that duality? Yes, you the duality. Can feel super, mm-hmm. you know, ungrateful. And I'm probably that person that annoys the shit out of you, Aaron, where I do have that mindset that there is always something to be grateful for, whether you want to verbalize that or not, whether you, you know, the other feelings are more heightened than your true gratitude. I just feel like we're so lucky to be on this earth and I want to take advantage and be, I do want to still be grateful for every moment because even like with my kids, like then I think, oh, what about those people that can't have kids? Like it's a, it's probably a guilt thing actually, as I'm talking through (laughs) it a little bit too, right? Like I'm okay saying that, but I feel like I had to be honest and say that I do that. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. I also want to add that like, I'm not like, I do that now, Shadia, as an adult. Like, I do feel like I have this, like, fulfilling, like, richly filled life, especially with people and my connections with people. And thinking back to when I was a kid or a teenager, like, when you're a kid and you lose, like, you're you're not able to process those feelings. You're not able to feel that, right? Because 100%. Where you are I agree. In your critical thinking. So now I am. But also, now as an adult, when I feel those feelings, like these ungrateful feelings or like this really deep despair about it, I recognize that as my inner child. Mm -hmm. I recognize that as my inner child and I'm able to take steps to soothe that in ways that serve me now, not the ways in which I used when I was a teenager, when I was a child, I'm able to do it in healthy ways now. So I recognize it now as my inner child coming through, having these feelings, that big ego, this protective defensiveness. It's my mm-hmm. inner child coming through. And then I think that the practice of gratitude helps me be centered mm-hmm. and remember I'm an adult. I can get through this. This is not going to last forever. I can soothe that inner child. And the practice of gratitude has helped me do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now. You're so right about, well, a lot of things, but you, I feel like you really nailed it there when you talk about like now as an adult, you can see it in that way. Because I would agree as a child, I did not see it that way. It just made me uncomfortable and I didn't like it. And I was, I was very self-absorbed like most children are, whatever. So I think that's a really, I think that's really important to recognize. Mm-hmm. I agree. Children's perspective on gratitude versus an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I mentioned that when I first recognized the feeling of gratitude, it was after my mom died and I actually was in my early twenties. I feel like I've told this story before and I don't recall exactly the context of why I felt the feeling of gratitude, but I remember the feeling and it was so intense. And I had this realization that I could feel this amazing feeling and also this deep sadness at the same time, duality, right? It was crazy. I mean, it was really life-changing for me, actually. I was like, oh my God, like, I didn't know I could feel these 
two very opposite feelings at the same time. And that really propelled me into this desire to feel that feeling more often and really making a choice around gratitude. And like all of us have been talking about, this practice is so important. And Sarah, you were talking about that at the beginning. I mean, scientifically, it, it it's proven that it yeah. makes a huge difference in all aspects of our lives and in our relationships. And so making the choice, being conscious of it, loving ourselves when we don't feel it, but saying also, there is something I can find right now to be grateful for. Yeah, It's really powerful. It's really powerful. It's life-changing. And I love that. And not being forced to express gratitude about something specific. I think that's why, again, Thanksgiving feels so triggering to me because it it, it reminds me of that social etiquette that you touched on in the beginning. It's, you know, it's this ritual and there's things that you expect people to say. In my family, it was often, you know, it's often people going around and saying like their accomplishments that year. You know, it's really positive things. Uh, in some occasions, you know, people have been vulnerable and I really appreciate that. And it almost puts an added pressure on me where it's like, oh shit, like now do I need to be vulnerable? But I, I don't feel comfortable being vulnerable, you know, in this in the situation. So then it's even more like, ugh, like I feel like I'm being inauthentic and also like I can't fully express myself. Well, do you also think that if we just had more open conversations daily, monthly, weekly, whatever it was about gratitude, just as a society as a whole, that it would be that much easier to actually share and be genuine on that one day, you know, like how many times do you, the only time I truly go around and say what, it, when I'm grateful for something, sometimes with my core family, but at Thanksgiving and then at motherless daughters events, which I love, but it's not like a typical conversation that people have, like sure people journal it. I wonder if that would be like just more healing and more just like a vulnerable open conversation or is that annoying? <laughs> it feels like like in the trendy sense, it's really annoyed me. Like it's been triggering for me. Like all this, you know, these like signs and, you know, artwork that's like, <laughs> Great. Know, live, oh, laugh, love. Totally. Live, fucking laugh, love. Yeah. <laughs> Which like some days I find myself literally being like, yeah, live, laugh, love. And I'm like, ugh. and then there's other days where I'm like, yeah, like, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I feel like it's just monetizing this expectation totally. of gratitude. Totally. But <gasps> what I was what I yeah. what I was thinking about Shadi is yes, I think that you're right. If we societally or as families again healing that generational familial trauma, being open with our communication, with our losses, with our gratitudes, being more open about that on a general level would make yes. that easier. But also we need to remember to look at it through a practice lens and not an expectation lens. Mm -hmm. That's good. Say that again, Aaron. We need to look at it through a practice lens and not yeah. an expectation lens. Yeah, you shouldn't good. be expected to be grateful for something, especially on a certain day. I mean, Jesus, you know, probably the week leading up to Thanksgiving, or just like, I got to come up with something I'm grateful for. I'm expected <laughs> to say this. Speaking of Jesus. <laughs> but, you <laughs> but you lose the actual practice of it and then the meaning and the content behind it. So yes, I think you're right. But I think we also need to add on to that. 
we need to be more open in our conversations on a daily basis about these things and being vulnerable with each other as humans. But also we need to do that while looking at it through a practice and a practical lens, not just an expectation lens. I like that. Practicing vulnerability is what it sounds like, which that sounds a lot harder now, which makes sense why I've been so resistant to to doing it because it is hard work, but I'm not going to put it all on me either and saying, you know, there's me needing to practice being open, but then there's also the people I'm being open with. I can't control how they respond and how they react, but I have had situations, you know, that have made it, you know, for whatever reason, me feel like I can't be vulnerable. And so addressing those dynamics and navigating them is really tricky. And again, I'm going to say, especially around the holidays with family of origin, you know, and people that you are trying to make relationships work with that may not come as naturally. And then like, yeah, you're just expected to just open up and bear it all and, you know, hope for the best. And as we've talked about a lot, but especially in the hyper-independence episode, our experiences with mother loss really taught us like to really rely on ourselves and potentially, you know, fear the worst in others at times in their reactions to us because not because they're intending to hurt us or they have, you know, oftentimes they want the best for us. It's just a misunderstanding, really. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that, you know, with when we talk about gratitude, we usually say, I'm grateful for matcha. But we never elaborate on why. Because saying one word is so easy and simple. That's why like Thanksgiving table, you go around, blah, blah, blah. How often do people actually say why? Because that means you actually have to open yourself up to talk about the behind the scenes of Mm -hmm. what's really going on, right? So I feel like Aaron's like, go Aaron, go Aaron. Yes, and that goes into looking at it through a practice lens because then you actually have to practice the gratitude. Then you have to actually feel the feelings of, oh, why do why am I grateful for the matcha? Because it helps me get through the day because I'm struggling right now or because I'm exhausted or because it's comforting to me and I'm feeling a little sad. Like you have to actually experience the gratitude then. You have to actually practice it. And that is hard and it's vulnerable to do it even with yourself. Like... You saying that just blew my mind. I'm like, no, no one ever says why. No one ever goes into detail. People do sometimes. But I think that like what you're saying is so profound. Like we can get away with just saying one word and moving on. Whereas you get such, you get to see that rich inner world when you answer the question why. And some people can guess, like you just did a great job, Erin, of guessing why matcha is so meaningful (laughs) to me. Like the more you know about a person, (laughs) I think you can kind of put the pieces together. I also have to say though, in our community with motherless daughters through She Climbs Mountains, where we do this practice of gratitude, typically women are sharing why. And I will say to you, too, that I always preface, if you choose not to share something, that is okay. And allow yourself to absorb what other people are offering today. Because even if you're not feeling grateful or you can't go there today, 
carry with you what they are offering and what they Mm -hmm. are grateful for. And there is power in that too. I mean, I have felt it really every single time I've been in those groups and we've done that with one another. It's amazing. Stay open. Promise if you stay open, it will get better. No, it doesn't feel like There we go. And we changed that line. Like when the Geminis wrote it, we, the I, again, we had a whole conversation. I don't remember how it started, but staying open is key. Like it's in our theme song. Just and stay if open. you share your story, that's the other. Yeah. Christine, I think that you make a really good point. I think specifically with um, like this community of motherless daughters and motherless humans. And I think for me, when I look at it and how I approach that is I am more vulnerable in those spaces and I'm able to hold that space. And for me, I definitely attribute it to this inherent safe space because you you walk in or you enter the Zoom meeting and immediately everyone there has a shared experience and has that connection to the trauma, to the complex feelings towards gratitude, and this deep, intense feeling of duality that comes with all of that, and this inherent safety that you feel, and you feel like you can be, at least for me, I know. But yeah, you make a really good point that I think in these groups, we are able to do that with one another, and we are able to delve into why and do that. For me, that's because it's an inherently safe space for me. Yeah right off the bat. That trust is there. Mm -hmm. And I I have to point out too, it's even with people like I've never, we've never met before. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there is such a power in connecting over, you know, this, this one thing that happened to all of us. Obviously there's so much more tangled and wrapped up in that, which we're trying to express through this podcast, but just sitting in a space, even virtually, with other people who you know have had that experience, just unlocks this vulnerability chamber for me. I, I've never felt, I've never felt unheard. I'm weary to say never, but I, I think I can't recall a time when I felt unheard or unseen in that space of people. And that's saying a lot because it's like, I'm talking here about how, you know, my own family who I've, you know, spent a lot of time with and know my story. It's like, and they care about me and they love me. It's just not having gone through that specific experience, you know, in that, you know, they all lost someone too, but it wasn't the same relationship. It wasn't the same experience. And it is really hard to describe. Again, that's what we're trying to kind of express and figure out ourselves here. And we're all at different points in our journeys too with it. You know, we're all different ages at different points in our lives. It's evolving. All right. So we have talked about a lot. As always, we started talking about how gratitude you know, so early in life begins as an etiquette, which really fosters, sadly, a disconnection between, you know, our feeling and thinking, what we're saying and and how we truly feel inside. And we've talked about how our relationship and experiences with gratitude have really evolved since then, especially being influenced by the trauma and the loss of our moms. I love, Erin, how you talked about soothing our inner child with gratitude recognizing that duality of pain and gratitude and kind of figuring and navigating how to 
how to hold both. Loving ourselves when we're not feeling it. Christine, that was, I think that's huge. Just having that self-compassion that you mentioned and practice, you know, seeing gratitude as a practice versus the expectation that it is so often put on us, especially on holidays like Thanksgiving. So just staying open through all of that and, and trying not to judge yourself if you're not feeling it. My favorite hashtag that I don't think I invented, but I used a while back is grateful and sad. And I got a lot of reactions from that. That was before I joined the motherless daughters community even, or it may have been just around that time, but just recognizing that duality, I think is so powerful. I want to close with something that Shadia inspired, and that is elaborating, you know, just briefly on our whys. So, you know, what we started this episode with was our, you know, easy kind of simple one word, one sentence, what we're grateful for. But if you could just take, you know, a few more sentences to give our listeners a peek into your inner world and why what you express gratitude for is so meaningful to you. And while you're thinking, I will share, I mean, Aaron was really, was really close, you know, with the matcha for me. Every day I look forward to making matcha because waking up is extremely hard for me in the mornings. I often have really terrible nightmares. My sleep does not feel restful. A lot of the time it feels like I'm processing a lot of past trauma. And, and so having something to look forward to, which I know for a lot of people is coffee. And I tried that in the past, but with my really activated nervous system, the high level of caffeine can be too much. And matcha was something I found to be calming and grounding and stimulating. So it boosts my mood, which I need sometimes. And yeah, it's just, I love it. I like how it makes me feel. I'm grateful for my coffee because (laughs) there is something about um, the morning ritual that the smell, it's comforting, the taste uh, when it hits my tongue, the first sip and <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it. And um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm not so sure about if it, if it really gives me energy. I think that's, it, it might, but that's not really why I do it. I think it's um, the comfort of the ritual and, and the mm. smell and the taste. So how long have you been drinking coffee? Like as a ritual? Mm. Over 20 years. There you go. Yeah. So there's a lot of like consistency and familiarity yeah. with that too. I mean, we develop a relationship with these things. Oh, for sure. I said I was grateful for the time that I have right now to kind of like reevaluate, reorganize, just like reestablish my life because my work world is not not usual where I take projects on and I work a lot of hours and have a lot of stress. And during that time, you won't find me cooking a meal or cleaning or doing anything. I'm just like surviving because my work is just so intense and that's just how that is. So that's also really hard to transition back to real life. And it's kind of like a roller coaster for me. And I've done it for so many years now. It's all I know. 
but this time kind of feels different where I'm really trying to like take some time for silence, which is really challenging for me because silence is hard because then it makes you actually think and really go deeper than I want to. And it makes me uncomfortable at times, but I just know that I really need that right now to like reestablish just everything of my life and kind of like where I want to go from here, which who knows, but I'm grateful that my husband has a full-time job so that I can do this right now, honestly. I know a lot of people don't have that. So I'm grateful for that. And yet in the back of my mind, I'm like, you need to find another project. (laughs) Uh What are you doing? Don't be sitting around just creating a podcast and doing a nonprofit. It's not enough. Um, I went on a tangent. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. I think those are things to observe in ourselves, you know, too. It's important to recognize that I think a lot of us feel that pressure and drive to be doing, you know, to be product, you know, quote unquote productive in our society and culture. But we, I feel pressure, you know, like Christine, you've mentioned in the past to find balance, you know, it's like, just let go. If, if we can just let go of these expectations, I think life will be easier. Erin. Um, yeah. So I mentioned that I was really grateful for my partner, Keith lately, just for like him taking on like more things just like around the house in communication with like family members. Um, sorry, I don't know why I'm getting really emotional right now. I've just been like really struggling lately. I think I've been in a really deep depressive episode lately. I've just like hit a really big low the last few weeks and I've been really exhausted. I'm just burned out with work. And I think that it's a really good practice for me to lean into this supportive person in my life to combat that hyper-independence. It's a struggle for sure. I have a lot of times where I get down on myself for not doing things by myself or asking for help. So it's good practice and it does make me feel good. You know, it feels nice to feel loved and supported. And I think all of, I mean, I think all of us can relate to that, you know, that hyper-independence of, I don't know, it gets lonely. It gets really lonely being so hyper independent and it's nice to not feel lonely mm-hmm. um just in that sense so very grateful very grateful for him because i've been kind of struggling lately so yeah thank you aaron thank you for your vulnerability this is exactly i think why gratitude can be so hard and you went there and we really appreciate that <sighs> Well, as always, thank you so much for listening this week, everyone. And thank you to my incredible, badass, awesome co-host for your insights and wisdom that you shared today. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. We release new content every other Tuesday. Our next episode will be our holiday special, and you can listen wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us at piecesofyoupodcast.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Pieces of You Podcast. If you love our pod, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We would so appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. And remember, if we work together, we can make the broken Better. 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 <laughs> when you feel like you need glue to put back pieces of you, then we will work together. 
to make the broken better When the wounds are fresh and new And you don't think that they'll heal soon You gotta stay open If you share your story it will get better Though it doesn't feel like ever And you'll get stronger It's a journey we'll get through together here for you.